We believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Traders Mind Chat Show, where we believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. I'm Mike. And I'm Melissa. We have an awesome interview for planned for you today. We have financial planner and entrepreneur Francine Mayrellis, who is joining us. Not only does she develop her entrepreneurial spirit at seven years old when she began making and selling Barbie doll clothes to neighborhood children, but she also was able to develop that financial health at 18 years old and finding out how money can work for you. And now she's a financial planner as well as owns real estate properties that she rents um, across the country. So she's going to be able to give some insight about how to do that. So we're very excited to have her on today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to having her on. Uh, that whole Barbie doll, uh, uh, that Barbie doll side hustle at seven, seven. is, I know I is something else. I know I tell our daughter Lily, come on start working here <laughs> but uh, this leads to our our chat this morning before Francine joins us is about how to develop that entrepreneurial spirit we've been reading a bunch of different books lately uh, rich dad poor dad and a couple of other great um, examples of how to instill that at an early age for kids so I was curious Mike when did you know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur I didn't <laughs> I had no idea like uh, the earliest entrepreneurial thing that I could think of that that I did was in grade school third grade uh, like just no oh, what, what was it like? like the little um selling toys or something like, like outside your house like oh what would they call that like garage, uh, garage sale? yeah 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 like kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. but we didn't have a garage oh, right like well, yard when we grew sale, up in, in, yard sale. Yeah, yeah yeah but we didn't even have a yard we had a stoop right so so stoop sale I, that, that's a yeah that's uh, me uh, and this other kid like, like she had some stuff uh, and we were talking just uh, like yeah like uh, let's set it up uh, over here so it wouldn't just be like you know boy toys like there were girl toys there too and we put up flyers around the neighborhood and people bought there like that was the one and only entrepreneurial thing and i think we did that maybe two or three times and uh, yeah that was it i i had no idea i would be building a, a business or, or doing catfish <laughs> doing <laughs> that's so interesting because uh what made you want to even do that then yeah, and it was also you're also thinking about you want to make sure you had the girl market the boy market having toys for both so you're already kind of thinking that way like how do i market this to the right audience so it's so interesting how you were able to do that at what third grade you said yeah yeah third grade uh how old would we've been like uh eight nine years old something yeah like that. yeah so for me i think my first thing was lemonade stand well my sisters and i did that outside our yard where we would sell lemonade and we were at a house we were right by a stop sign so it was great so when the big trucks were stopping they would see us and we were like waving like crazy people and to sell lemonade and we would throw in like two cookies or something and also the girl scouts i forget like girl scouts also with the cookie sales as much as i'm a leader now with for my daughter and um those cookies drove me crazy this past season because everything was virtual and very very um um challenging um but it was one of those things where it was reaching out to friends and family you know um breaking the ice and being able to um, to sell and to be able to get over yourself and being able to sell for a product for a particular cause. So what could 
we do as parents? What can we do to help um, create that entrepreneurial spirit, at least to get educate our kids about money at this young age? Well, that's a that's a great question. I haven't thought about that too deeply yet. But I, I, the first thing that pops into my head is games. Most of us learn better through through games and through gaming. So, what are some games uh, that we could play? that can help foster those kind of things, right? A lot like uh, Robert Kiyosaki has his game, right? The cash flow quadrant. The, look at that. Man. The Things that like Monopoly. Monopoly. The, yeah, yeah, things that like, uh, what are you doing with, with the Girl Scouts, right? Like with the, all these cookie sales. Uh, like it's just like a cookie racket that they've got going on. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I guess things like that to start to learn by doing mm-hmm. right uh, the more learning by doing i think and, and that applies for trading too right like uh, you can learn so much uh, from a book and that's a, a great start but um we learn much more by actual application right so figuring out ways to to do that yeah, I think it's a shame that they don't really talk about this in the education system or you have to go out of your way to um, to get the answers if you don't have them or to ask questions. So I think that as parents, it is our responsibility to be the teachers, to be the ones who are going to help foster this understanding of money and how um, we can save and being able to, to well get the things we want out of life. At least to be the kind of like a good steward, right? Like to start facilitating that that interest and to also be honest with with ourselves first to not impose things that we're not quite sure about, right? Like, so, well, one of the things that, that I've uh, learned uh, as a parent is that, like, I, like I look at uh, children as blank slates, like you come in this world, like you you don't really have any beliefs whatsoever. You're going to begin adopting beliefs from your environment. Mm-hmm. Understanding that, I'm very conscious to have the filter on to or to be very mindful of how I phrase things and the the kind of information that I'm going to give Lily to make sure that you know that I'm not by mistake. Uh, unwittingly planting weeds, mm. right? Like trying to think through, like how might somebody that doesn't know understand uh, what I'm saying about money or about uh, anything, really. I know, and as a Girl Scout leader too, we just did the cookie sales, and my the troop is a, you know a bunch of five and six year old uh, girls, and to be able to help them feel empowered and help them feel that they can with by doing these cookie sales and seeing what they were able to get out of it. Not only were they able to get some sort of reward, whether it's a a plush stuffed animal or a badge, but also seeing like, hey, now we can fund this activity we wanted to do. We can have this party that we wanted to have with the girls. So they're seeing, and they're able to make that decision together. Um, they can vote on what they want to do. So that's one of the things we're going to be doing at this next meeting is that, okay, for our final meeting with the troop funds, we could either 
have this party or we can save it and do a big field trip or do something next year. So it has them thinking short-term goals versus long-term goals at already at this young age and that they can make this decision of what they want yeah. to do with their money. Yeah, I think that that'll be interesting to talk to Francine about. I'm also looking forward to hearing about her experience with real estate and also well with budgeting, of course, for being the uh, financial, uh, uh, what, what's her official title again? She's a financial planner, so financial an entrepreneur. Plan yes. So we're very excited to have her on, so stay tuned, and she'll be joining us right after this quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor of today's show is Magic Mind. I've been using Magic Mind these last couple of months and it's a quick energy shot I drink either in the morning or in the afternoon to give me a boost. They only use healthy ingredients and I think it's great. Check it out for yourself at magicmind.co slash discount slash Mara15 and use coupon code Mara15 to get 15% off your order. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Traders Mind Chat Show. Today, we have a very special guest, Francine Mayrillis, and she is, her bio is as impressive as anybody's uh, that I've seen. I, I've got to read it uh, to you like that, that it, it's just so good. So, uh, financial planner and entrepreneur, uh, understands the importance of financial literacy, her entrepreneurial spirit began at seven years old when she began making and selling Barbie doll clothes and selling them to the neighborhood kids. I, I freaking love that. Um, having started from humble beginnings, Francine uh, at a young age uh, prioritized financial literacy and health uh, and started a, a brokerage account, Roth IRAs, life insurance, all of that, uh, and now has a real estate rental property business, uh, which I'm super interested in. I, I want to get into that too. Um, Francine strives to positively impact individuals across the country by educating them on the importance of financial planning, building a healthy relationship with money, and effectively planning for the future. Francine, welcome to the Traders Mind Chat Show. Well, thank you so much, Mike and Melissa, and everyone watching. I'm so excited to and that was a really amazing introduction. I didn't even I couldn't remember how long that was, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically what what I'm about. Um, but I'm super excited to share all my well my story right with you guys. And of course, if there's anything that um, you guys are interested in uh, learning about, I'm I'm here. So excited! Thank you. We're so happy to have you, Francine. And I just want to say, um, happy birthday. We're so excited <laughs> and blessed to have you here on your birthday to um, help others about um, financial literacy. So welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so like I was telling you guys before, I think what's the best gift that you can give? I think giving is better than receiving, right? Sometimes. So I, what's the best gift you can give on your birthday then to give education, right? I think it's, uh, it's so important. So it's so important to me, obviously. So I'm very excited. All right, so let's dive right in and get uh, get to some of the the, the meat of it. Then, um, well, first of all, like let, let, let's let's get into the to the mindset too, right? Because uh, mindset is so important to, in in all this. Uh, I, I'm curious, like, what well, what made you first start to think, like, back way back when, seven years old, like, well, what made you decide to to start? Building yeah, that business. The Barbies, right? So it's yeah. I love, um, I love the Barbies. 
Barbie clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. I know, right? Um, interesting enough, I really didn't like the Barbies themselves. I just wanted to like, all right, how can I create a business out of these Barbies? Which my family was like, she's crazy. Um, but anyway, going really, really, if you go back to the beginning, um, I actually come from Costa Rica. Very, very humble beginnings. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was always, and I always saw my family struggle because they didn't have the relationship or maybe the um ability to to get the the information or get the education that comes from and the empowerment that comes from having that relationship with money or learning about it right mm. so it, from very young I, I i realized that you know i have to i have to do something to help i have to do something to learn so you know i i said you know what i can make bar- my grandmother actually i i conned her into getting me a little uh sewing machine and sh- and i started making that so i started i signed i put a sign on my window People, all my friends started coming and buying these little, you know, uh, clothing for their dolls, so, which is great. So then finally we came to the U.S., which I'm so grateful for. I think it's, it was such an opportunity that our, my grandma gave us. Um, and, you know, I was very blessed to be, uh, to have a lot of people in my life that gave me the information uh, of what comes with, uh, or the education to, to give me that financial literacy and that how important it is to have that relationship. And I realized that you know, even though my mom worked so hard, she wasn't, she was working harder, not smarter, if that makes sense. So um, I really, yeah, so I really made it my, my, my passion, if you will, to, to not only educate myself to be able to help her, but in the interim, I've been able to really, uh, it's funny hearing that on your, on your body, sometimes you forget to, to be blessed to be able to have all these opportunities and things that I've created to hopefully now teach my girls my teenagers who think I'm not cool because I'm doing a podcast um but they they you know hopefully they will learn and pass this along um and of course you know teaching others um what what comes from that what comes from you know just knowing what to do with their money which I think is something that you you both do that is so amazing you give people the the options and the choices the information that they can also implement in their lives that can you know hopefully create a legacy you know uh create, um, you know, some stability for themselves. I, I just think it's so amazing what you both do as well. Oh, thanks. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so great. Anything that comes seen, to finance, I, I, I just absolutely love that you started this to, to help your mother, to help mm-hmm. your family. I think that that's yeah. so beautiful. I think about kids today. I mean, we have a six-year-old, you know, just like thinking about how that they want to still be able to help their family. Like everyone talks about like, oh, they just want things or material things. But mm-hmm. when they see their family struggling, I love yeah. that your, uh, uh, your initial response was, I want to help. Yeah. Yeah. It always, and, and you know what, it, it, it it was always, it's always been that part of me to help write my family or, you know, traditionally um, in my culture, we, we help our elders and that's how we, that's how we do it. But I think it's, it's kind of instilled in my practice too now to also give back, you know, cause eventually the business comes. But I think that when you set forth uh, that you're really giving and you really want to uh, help people, I think that comes through um, in conversations that we have. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier in the, that story well, was the idea of working harder, not smarter. Uh, can, can you speak a little bit to that? Like, well, what does that mean? Like, to, uh, Because we all have different versions of that, right? Sure. Like, so, well, what does harder, not smarter mean? I'm, I think I mean it's... Or, or smarter, not harder. Smarter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> smarter, not harder. So, 
you know, it's, it's like, how do I, how do I explain it? It's like, um, cutting down a tree and you're cutting it with like your hand as right. a really, really sharp knife. That's how I best explain that. So it's just maximizing what you're currently doing so that you're able to have all these options. So, you know, am I going to work 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day? Yeah, that might be the, 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 you know, what you do, but if, let's say if we maximize 10 hours, how do we do that? Right. So there's things that come into play, whether it's investing, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's compound interest and whatever you're doing, there's so many things that we can do is, and it's again, going back to what can I do to maximize what I'm already doing or how can I work more, but less in that time? I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Makes sense to me. Uh, So you would want to, it's, Kind of like taking, like, like, so to bring it back to like uh, an investing example, right? Like you're investing a little bit now, so that way over time it compounds and uh, like it would be like growing a tree, right? Like you you take your seed, you put it in, it's going to take some time, but eventually it grows into this tree that you get to sit under. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, compound interest on investing, you know, uh, you know, let it go, put it in there, you let it go, it's going to grow. The other thing is, you know, what, what else can you do in terms of uh, giving you the choices? And when I talk choices is when you create things for yourself that are going to create you, uh, create you that stability, that financial stability, um, it it gives you more, more, it empowers you to do other things. So, you know, like we do a lot of charity work, a lot of people, and we work with a lot of people in communities. um, So it, not thinking about the financials a lot of times makes makes me feel more helpful to the community. I don't again, um, mm. if if that makes sense, you know. So you have to have options. So the other thing you could do too um, in the interim is you know buy real estate, um, passive income. Uh, again, like you guys, you know, talk about investments. Do those as well as well as you're doing your work, um, your your nine to five or whatever it is. So you want to maximize whatever you're doing. Um, and now let's actually take you back for a minute because I love that you have this, um, the idea of having your money work hard, harder for you versus, you know, just feeling like when you first get out of college, like they're like, yeah. Oh, get a job. You got to work the nine to whatever hours you got to put in the work to so continue mm-hmm. to work your way up the ladder. But not yeah. many people are talking about how to invest or how to get property investments. Like yeah. you were 18 when you mm-hmm. already had life insurance, you got sold out a brokerage account, a Roth IRA. These are things that most 18 year olds are not thinking about. How can you help advise other 18 year olds or even younger people to start thinking that way versus, you know, just one savings account and then go Mm -hmm. from there, find a job? Yeah. So I I have to say, I was very blessed to have people in my life that were already doing that. So it was a a teacher of mine, one of my best friends was doing, and he's like, you got to do this. You have to protect yourself. Um, And, you know, he just, I just got educated on it. So Mm. for, for kids, or uh, this is one of the things that I would love to do um, and really educate the, the students and go to schools and maybe implement some of that in the education system, I think would be really great. Uh, talking about compound interest, investments, how to protect your income, how to protect your power to invest. Um, so all those things I think would be great to implement into in, into the education system. Now, to answer your question, how do you do that? Um, I think 
first first and mm -hmm. foremost, I think us as parents, it's important for to, to seek information, to seek help, to seek some guidance as to what we should do, because um, we don't know everything. I, I you know I could I could you know I know Melissa, you're a writer. I I, I suck at writing. So I could never do that. So I think if I if I need to write my bio again, which I think I might, I'm going to go to you, Mike, Michael, you know, I can uh, ask you in terms of investments, you know, what do I need to do to to do the things that you do? So I think as parents, we should, I'm not, I, don't say, I shouldn't say we should, let's, let's, let's find interest in educating ourselves so that we can then educate our children. Um, and then as far as kids, you know, I would say teach them young. Um, you know, I'll share my story with my kids. Um, they have um, bank accounts. They have uh, they have uh, debit cards. They have uh, credit cards. Um, some people are like, wait a minute, kids have credit cards? Yeah. How old are they? Yeah. So they're fourteen and ten. And wow. Yeah. What a lot of people don't um, don't know about this, which I think is is an is an incredible uh, thing for to do for our kids, is you can give them a credit. You can put them as a user on your credit card cut the credit card up and they're establishing credit on their names. So eventually when they go buy a home, they can use that, you know, um, as far as a, uh, um, an account for just a banking, um, you know, they need to learn the basics of how it is to go put, you know, money into their, uh, into their accounts, what it is to save 20% of your say, uh, of whatever you make. So my kids, sometimes I have them do a couple of, uh, jobs here and there so i pay them and they put 20 percent in the bank and i have them actually take their 20 dollar bill put it in the thing in the atm um just so they they learn what the process is like they need to learn um what that's, that's like so they can you know do that in their future with their jobs and their just themselves so it does that answer the question it it does. I, I absolutely love that because you know what I think is a big thing like well, I, I just saw a comment from Caleb hi Caleb thanks for joining that he said his parents did that for him with his credit card when he was 16 and I think that was like when you start thinking about it, like 16 17 um to start doing that type of work but I think starting them earlier is a great idea and I absolutely yeah. love that because I don't think because when is too early like we're, we're, they're learning bad habits already about money mm -hmm. and about mm -hmm um how they should be saving and what, what they want to buy so they know what they want to buy yeah. but how are they going to get there so i think that it's yeah mm -hmm. it's never too early to start teaching yeah. and and again don't quote me and then you would have to talk to like a credit specialist um they would better guide you in terms of that um but yeah start them young uh start the education even like starting even, the conversation yeah, yeah. starting the conversation like okay you know you do this for i'm going to give you five bucks for the week and all right let's we're going to save two dollars and we're going to put it here and you're going to see and and then do the math a lot of times with the kids it, 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 they get all excited when they see oh wow what do you mean i want to have eight dollars instead of two if i save it you know it gets really fun when it comes to numbers once they start understanding um so yeah i would just start the conversation really young um i would hope that you know those things get implemented into the education education system to really educate students in college. Because I, I I don't know if you guys see this, but I see so many kids come out with so much debt, um, mm -hmm. and it's really really it, it breaks my heart because you're working so hard for your career and to try to pay down these bills, and you know it's kind of like a vicious cycle. You never you feel like you're never uh, you know like parting with those 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 things. But um, there is a lot of options for that as well. Uh, but I would say if, if, if you could get a better handle, get a better option, uh, maybe understanding what options are there to take care of those debts um, or maybe even having a financial conversation with a financial advisor to kind of guide you as to what to do, what options are available. Um, you know, the federal government right now um, 
has extended um, the the forbearance on those on those loans. Take advantage of that. It's very important. Um, you know, look at what you have. See if you can refinance. There's so many things that could be done, but I feel like some a lot of times you need a little bit of the guidance um, and to have that support from someone. Yeah, that, I'm grateful to have you here and giving some of that <laughs> guidance right now. Like uh, a lot, uh, like well, we spoke before too uh, with mm -hmm. uh, with some of those uh, ideas well, with uh, forbearance and and loans and uh, like I, I still have the student debt too from uh, my, from my master's and that's after now changing careers i didn't think that i would be uh doing doing this well when i first went for my master's in healthcare administration but here i am mm -hmm. so yeah like a, the student debt is just uh and it traps you i feel it traps yeah. you because like i remember my sister when she um she's she's a pa but she had to go through you know the medical school to mm -hmm. um to get there and then you know, she got into a job but luckily now she she enjoys where she's working but she yeah. was kind of like trapped with that student debt she's like i, I can't yeah. just quit this career like what if she was unhappy she can't just right. quit, how is she going to find another job that's going to pay her the same type of salary to be able to pay off that debt yeah. so it kind of traps some people in their career yeah. choices where if they do want to make a change it hurt, you know, they're not able to, or they don't know the yeah. right path to get out, to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I think what you were saying about finding other ways to build assets, to be able to, so you don't feel so mm -hmm. stuck in one yeah. path. Yeah. Create, create options for yourself. And that's ultimately what, um, and just to, just to kind of keen on what you guys are saying, um, you know, the conversation with a financial advisor could be sometimes scary. I, I know that, and this is the other thing that I would love to, to not only, uh, get the word out there that is not scary. It can be fun. Um, it can be educational, um, but it is, it, it is, it is, um, financials can be very scary and they're very personal. And, and I, trust me, I, myself, I've gone through my stories of things that I've done and things I should have and could have done. Um, but ultimately I, I feel that if, if we had a, I don't want to say a better rep because, but just a better relationship with that person, um, I think that it would make things so much easier um to, to to seek that help um so yeah so i would say for like say like your sister melissa you know if um you know if she finds someone that can help her and guide her i think it would be amazing just to give her options of what's available um so uh you know find seek the information uh find someone that you you have a great relationship with or that you can build a great relationship because i think with a financial advisor it should be a relationship it shouldn't be like a one transactional thing um, we hope to grow with the, with the person that we're talking to for forever, hopefully. Right. Cause we love this. Um, because we know we're talking about you and your options. And then we're talking about your children and their options and what's available to them. So again, going, I guess going back to the point of the, the whole rant that I just went on is, you know, finding a good person that you feel comfortable with and, and having that relationship that you can ask those tough questions and you don't feel, uh, afraid or, or, kind of lost or powerless, you know? Mm. No, yeah, I think I, Melissa? <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. We're like stepping on each other. <laughs> um, one of the things that, that you mentioned was uh, setting aside 20%. Uh, I've heard like different numbers for, from different people, different books. So mm -hmm. what, what why 20 percent and what's that 20 percent being allocated for and, and can it be 30 percent for some or for like is 
Yeah. What is what is the number? So yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I let, I, so so what I want to make a point of is that it's not a one size fits all kind of thing, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. plan is very different. Everybody's goals and needs are, you know, is is what they're looking for and what they need. So what we like to say is twenty percent. Uh, twenty. So let's say you have a hundred dollar bill. Twenty dollars of those hundred dollar bills are going to go towards uh, whether it's your retirement, where is risk management, um, investments, and your emergency fund. Those are four buckets that we, we'd like to talk about. Um, and 20%, we found that it's a good number to tell people because also the other thing that we forget about is, okay, financials, you got to save, you got to do these things. But at the end of the day, you also have to have a life. You have to be able to live, enjoy life, do the things that you want to do, go to your tar J runs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, be able to buy those, you know, those, the sports equipment that you want to buy for whatever, you know, so you want to be able to live life as well. Um, and you want to keep also a little bit of that to give back. That's one of the other things that I feel is so important that sometimes we forget about, we, we kind of get caught in our own stories and our own things, but I think giving back is so important. So that's part of that 20%. And I've, um, it's, it's not a tough number to, to swallow sometimes. Um, so like I said, 20, it's a, it's $20 of that hundred, uh, of those hundred dollars. That's typically what, um, works out really well in, even in the long run. Ah, interesting. All right. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about too was good debt, uh, versus bad debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's the difference and how can people look at debt in a different way? Okay. Right. So that's a great question. So good debt as, as opposed to bad debt. So bad debt being, uh, let me buy something on a credit card and just spend money on credit card, not pay it off every month. That's bad credit. I mean, you, you, you do build up credit in that sense, but if you're not paying it off month by month, you do have those, uh, those fees per month that can actually build up and you're not paying, paying until that principal. Good debt being buying a home, all right. Even though it's a big, you know, it's it's kind of scary buying or purchasing a home. It's good debt that you know that is building equity. Um, so those are the. So I would say those are the major things in terms of good and bad equity. Now a bad um, credit. So again, if you go to a if you go to a um, you know if you go to a lender and they see that you have already an established uh, mortgage, they're going to say, okay, this person has been able to you know sustain this. Um, uh, this payment, you know, what is their, they're going to see that their credit is, is strong because now you're paying um, your, your, your mortgage payments. So that even makes you look stronger. Um, so obviously, and when your payments are, are in a good standing with a mortgage, your credit report goes up as well. So it gives you more options to buy more or do more things. Um, that's kind of like what we've done in terms of the real estate part for myself is, you know, we purchase one, Pay, pay the the mortgage and then essentially raise our, our, our rating and then we went for another one and then you know it just kind of trickled down from there. So that I would say would be the difference between good credit. You need the creditors need to see that you have credit, but it has to be good debt. So as building equity, something that you pay off every month, if you can, right? Um, a lot of times we get in situations where we can, where we're starting a business or where we have a new baby or um, and that's okay. As long as you pay a little bit off and there's a plan to it, because a lot of times I know we can get caught up on, on credit card bills. I know that I've been there myself. 
Um, so there's a strategy that you could put in place to, to take care of that. Um, and again, the, the, the credit companies love seeing that you're paying it off and there's a plan and you're, you're, you're trying, there's effort, but if there's no effort, totally bad, <laughs> you know? It, so how do they know if you like, if there is a plan, like, are you talking with the, the creditors or do they just see it based on results? So, so basically they, there is, so again, and, and, and again, I don't want to quote this because I, this would be more like a, a credit specialist that would, I wouldn't have a conversation with. Um, however, when the creditors check in, so they check in every month to see exactly, check on a you know, monthly, quarterly basis, yearly basis, and they see what you're doing, how your payments are going, uh, what's your debt to income ratio, they see those things. So they base a number. So this, I, I didn't even know what the, the logistics, I think there's like 50 algorithms to these things to be exact. It's, it's a quite intense. Um, but they, they kind of look at all those things. Um, are you paying your credit cards? Are you paying something towards them? Are you, um, did you buy a more, uh, did you purchase a home? Are you paying off your mortgage? Um, uh, there is a lot of times uh, where you can even put your, let's say if you don't have a credit card, you can put like a, a, a a light bill on your credit so they see those payments coming in every month so they so your credit goes up because they see the 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 payment history uh going well so there's so many things that can be done um but as far as it, to to really track um if you really are concerned in terms of you know oh my the credit my credit is or my credit cards are building up i don't know what to do what i would say is definitely have a conversation with an advisor and or have a conversation with a credit specialist where they can really tackle everything on your credit report and see how those things can be worked out. Can we pay off a, you know, one credit card with the high interest? Can we, um, you know, maybe there's derogatory things on, uh, or, or, uh, things reported on your report. How do we take those off? Um, you know, so there's so many things that can be done. We just have to know exactly what the goal is in terms of, you know, of clearing that or, or getting better at. Uh, interesting. All right. So <laughs> yeah. So let, let's say what we have somebody. I know. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. The, this is helpful. So let's say you have somebody and they are interested in starting to get into the real estate side of things. Step one, it sounds like, would be clearing off the uh, the bad debt because they wouldn't uh, be able to get the the good debt uh being like the the home mortgage or or being able to finance properties if they if they're already saddled with like all this bad debt and they have uh low credit scores as a result mm -hmm. like is that right am i understanding this right well so this so yes and no so what if, if that is the case right if, if let's say you have high credit cards uh low um uh low ratings, right, on the report, what I would say is, again, have a conversation with someone and see what, what can I do? What's the plan, right? So mm. that at this point, we could say, let's maybe look at maybe refinancing your current home. If you do have a home, let's see how we maybe refinancing that home can pay down some of that credit so that we can um, get some of that debt out of the way, build up your credit. The other thing that I would recommend is talk to another um, another uh, professional, like a mortgage broker, a real estate um, uh, a real estate person, so that they can guide you as to okay. So if I want to let's say close on a 
if I'm looking for a, a, a uh, rental property, okay, what is that going to look like? What do I need to have in place in terms of down payment? What do I need to have as far as credit reporting? Uh, can I even look at that right now? Is that something that's in my short-term horizon, long-term horizon? Um, and I know that I'm throwing a lot of information out there, but I think that having a plan in place, even if it's not right now, can help to guide you where to go. Um, so, so I, I think that that kind of answers your question, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that answers a lot. And, you know, like all these sessions get recorded too. So there's going to be a lot of pause, rewind, go yeah. back, write that down. <laughs> like I, I already have a, like half a page full of notes and I'm like turning oh, the page over here to, uh, to, to write some it's more. Lot, it's, it's, and I do understand it's a lot of information. So, um, you know, don't get, what I would say is keep it simple. Don't get, don't get, I know it's frustrating, but keep it super simple. Start mm. by writing down your goals and your needs. Start to, what do I need? What do I want? Let me give you an example. I want to buy a home next year. Great. Where? Where? What do I, I need a target market. I need a real estate agent. Okay. So you kind of work from there. Work with one goal, I would say first. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And how do you work that out? What are your resources? Who do I, who can I get in place to help to, to um, reach that goal? You know, what do I need to do myself to be able to, to get there? Do I need to work on a trickle down effect credit card plan where I pay off the smallest to the highest or the highest to the smallest, you know, things like that you can work, but I think start small, find what the needs are, what the goals are, and then kind of work from there. Mm. This is super helpful. I love this. And I think you're right. Most of the time we, we don't have a plan. We don't have a plan. We get a, a full-time job or making good money and uh, paying off our bills, but we're not thinking that way. I don't, I don't think yeah. most of us are thinking, especially not long-term, if anything, we're thinking short-term, like maybe wanting to have a family or wanting to mm -hmm. get that first house, but to think about these longer-term investments, we don't necessarily plan. We might say, oh, is that something we want to do someday? Yeah. But someday never happens, or we don't actually plan for that someday because another, you know, you have another mm -hmm. baby or something else happens right. that it kind of just keeps getting kicked down the curb yeah. and people don't talk about it. And one thing that I have to say, and I'll share from my personal experience, is it's like, you have you guys have children i don't know if, if you know the the everyone that's watching today has kids but it's always like oh you'll never have enough money you'll never have enough time it's always like that right but i think that the first step is just to kind of get the ball rolling let me let me see what can be done what are the what do i want to achieve and then from there you can kind of once you set a goal in place it's kind of like oh no that's that's the end game that's where i want to do it kind of puts the the ball rolling and gets things going for you um now, it's interesting that you, you, we talk about, I think a couple of things that you guys mentioned is, you know, uh, what if you don't love your job and you feel kind of stuck? Um, I want to share a story on that one. And then I think the other, the other thing that we wanted to talk about is also how to protect your, 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 the ability to be able to invest. Those are two things that are so important. I think that, mm. you know, even if we're working in an amazing job, making, you know, a million dollars, um, to be honest with you, it, it doesn't really matter because if it's if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a structure, and if you don't have the guidance, it it it, it doesn't really it rarely works out. Um, you know, if if you don't have the plan or the guidance to to kind of get those things. So, in terms of a career change, if I can, if you guys will allow me to talk about that, um, uh, I think that it's you know, 2020 was a very and I'm sure everybody can relate on this. It was a very hard year. It was a very difficult year, not only 
uh, health-wise, but also career-wise for a lot of people, myself included. Um, I, just to share with you, I, you know, had to make a career change. I have always done the financial, uh, financial business in the background, and I had a, a beauty salon, and I thought that was my baby. I made people feel beautiful, and it was amazing, and we were making all this cash, and it, and it allowed me to do investments. However, 2020 came. I was actually diagnosed with a, I was diagnosed years ago with an autoimmune disorder. Um, I'm not able to really use my hands as much. I had to shut down the salon because, you know, we didn't know where this was going to go. Um, and it was a very scary place to be. Um, I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed to have been able to have the background with financials where it's okay. Take a breather. You, you can, you can make a change. You can make that switch. Um, it's just going to take some time to build it out. You know, and I, you guys can relate on this. You guys are building an amazing business and you're helping others. Um, but it's scary at the beginning because you're like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Um, and there is going to be some very scary times and some very difficult times. But I think that if you just take that, just take that first step. Keep, you know, again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. Keep it small. You can get there. So it can be scary to change a career. Um, I know that for a lot of people, it's not a, 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 an option to change. Um, and so a lot of people have lost their jobs, but I think that if, if you can create some more, just get, get super creative and, and just look and see what other things I can do to maximize my time, to maximize those 24 hours that we have per day to really create, um, options for ourselves. I think that's an amazing thing. Well, thank um, you so much, Francine, for sharing that. I we, we both, Mike and I both can relate out how mm -hmm. challenging and, and tough it can be um, to do that type of career change. And especially mm -hmm. I, I had also had some health issues when I had left my job after 10 years working in the advertising um, field and realizing that that just wasn't the right path for me it was affecting my health and wellness. So completely relate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're strong. We, I think people forget how strong we are. Yeah, that we could do it. Like we, you know, there's a lot of fear involved, but you know, when, once you get to that other side, you realize, wait, wow, yeah. all those skills, all those things led me to where I am right now, and to mm -hmm. do the things I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, I, I so can, I so much agree with you, 100%, Melissa. Um, we as people, we're so resilient. If we really, if we really dig deep, sometimes we really got to dig deep. Um, but we're really resilient, and I think that when the when 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 that comes across that you're really genuinely helping people in what you guys are doing now um and myself i pride myself in my practices that's what we do we we like to educate people and help that it just opens doors because educating and giving back is, is the main thing all the other things are super fun and, and exciting um but giving back is, is really really amazing and i think that again going back you guys are doing such an amazing thing the the amount of help and support that you give people so proud of what you're doing and I, and I wish you so much, so much success. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's really been a crazy journey that. so far, but Mike and I haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> yeah. And you might want to again. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my husband and I, you know, we do the real estate and my God, sometimes we're like each other's throats, but ultimately we know what the goal is. We know the end game, what, what, what we're working so hard for. Right. So I think ultimately it just, we're like, all right, we need them. We need a minute <laughs> we need to take a break, but we know what that end game is. So, uh, and I love uh, Francie. You also mentioned the, the second part of that was um, you already yeah. had the financial background. So, what how what were ways that you were able to still protect your assets as you were doing this career change? Great question. So, 
I, you know, I have a dis I had a disability policy in place that protected my income. A lot of people don't talk about this. And I'm going I'm to show you my phone. We protect this phone heavily. I mean, I have this thing with the best insurance in place because I need my phone. It's my main form of business. However, we don't protect ourselves. And I know that it's not a very sexy conversation. It's <laughs> sitting here like this. It's not a fun conversation. It's not like investments, right? Investments, it's fun. It's, you know, we can get really creative with that. It's not fun, but it, it is important. And, and like I said, sharing my story that if I wouldn't have had that in place, and I know so many other clients that we talked to um, just last year alone with COVID, you know, because of they were diagnosed, they weren't able to work. So they weren't able to, 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 to get that income. So what do you do? is look and see what your options are and how you can implement to protect that. Again, 2020 showed us that we have to, you know, cross our, what is it, cross our eye? No, cross, dot our I's and cross our T's, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, there you go. That sounds good. Um, we just have to make sure that we, we everything that we're doing is, is being protected. And also keep in mind, you know, if we're investing, if something happens to our income, how are we going to invest? You know, nobody thinks about those things. So we have to protect our income so that we're able to invest. So because if something happens to us, if something happens to our, us health-wise, 2020 was a big proof of that. That's it. Those options kind of go. Um, so there's other options, that, uh, other things that we can implement in our plan, uh, risk management uh, things that we can plan or implement in our plan to make sure that we're protected and that our options to and choices to invest are protected. Um, and of course, obviously, you know, our kids, our legacy are, you know, making sure that, you know, if we have a business, the business can continue. Um, so th those are conversations that we, you know, I, myself and my practice, we have every single day. Again, it's not the most fun conversations, but I think that, that you're protecting the ability to be able to have that money to be able to invest and protect it is so, so important, so crucial. Uh, so it, it, to kind of tie this back to something that was mentioned earlier well, with the whole 20% and having that to be invested. So it, sound, uh, it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that that 20% is a non-negotiable. Right? Like uh, you have your disability insurance, now you're getting that. You're still going to take that 20%, even though like it might be less than what you're used to, is mm -hmm. take 20% of that and continuous. Yep. That's, that's exactly it. So, and let's go back a little bit, like you said. Um, so we talk about four buckets of, of things that should be implemented in your plan. So we talk about um, emergency funds, make mm -hmm. sure that something happens, you have money that you can go to or take out without having to uh, use a credit card. Um, but again, it's also, it's all fun and said. However, if you have to touch the credit card, it's okay. Don't feel like you're a failure because you're doing it. Again, knowing that that month I'm going to have to use a credit card. It's okay. As long as we know, like, okay, we have to fund that emergency. Emergency fund basically goes to, um, again, if anything comes up. The second uh, bucket being um, your investment. So you're going to invest in, uh, again, Mike, you would, you're the, the pro here. You would be more, you know, telling everyone what to do. This is where you, your brokerage accounts, your, your stock, whatever you do, this is where that, that stuff falls into your um, third bucket would be your equity bucket, which is saved dollars, which is um, your home. 
um, where you got, you know, again, if you have to re refinance your home, you have equity in there, you could take that out. It's saved dollars. It's not attached to the market. Um, and then we have another vehicle where we talk about, which is, and I know a lot, I'm going to probably, you know, pick up a little crazy with this, but a life policy, a whole life policy. A lot of people uh, don't see it as an option. Um, it's not an option for everyone. I'm going to be total, totally honest, but it is an option where it builds equity. And then your last uh, bucket would be your retirement. So your 401ks, your Roth IRAs, uh, your 529 plans for the children. Um, there's more there that I, I'm, I'm forgetting right now because my mind is going a mile a minute. But so those are the four buckets that you want to make sure that you are funding with that 20%. I counted five. Is well, the, the equity and the whole life part of the same yes, bucket? that's part of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it falls in that. Got it, got it. And on that, okay. on that particular conversation, we can go out for hours and a lot of people are say no and yes. And yes, it, and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'll be the first one to tell you it's not for everyone. Um, a hundred percent, but it is for some. Um, and then, but again, it's, 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 it, it, there has to be some education and, 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 uh, again, it has to fit your goals and your needs. Again, going back to the same thing. Uh, we have some high income earners that, don't have a place to put their 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 money or save dollars into this is a good vehicle to do that so uh because again i don't know if you guys you know going back to like a roth ira some uh professionals are not uh, uh, able to put into this funds because they make too much money mm -hmm. so um again depends on where you are and what your income is obviously and uh what your goals and needs are then i would say we can kind of um really customize those four buckets. But again, going back to what you said, Mike, it's 20% uh, of that $100 that you make and, and put it towards these things. Don't look at it, just it's there, it's, it's implemented. It keeps you peace of mind. How do you not get tempted to pull? I guess that's for me sometimes where I guess it goes back to that emergency fund. Like sometimes, what, what, what do you define as emergency? The emergency very date different. night fund, <laughs> let's go. So so, so technically the the the, the the definition of an emergency fund is just for like those heels you really want to get. No, okay. No, but I have. Yeah, to you know that. That's what I'm all about. The heels. <laughs> the heels. <laughs> right. The shoes. Oh, the shoes. Me too. If I was to show you my heels, they're, <laughs> they're Uggs today. But um, I I have to share that twenty that that emergency fund also goes into your fund money, a little mm, bit. Okay. Keep that in mind. Again, we want to keep it. So, okay. So let, let, let's, let's do the logistics. You want to be able to fund three to six months worth of uh, expenses in that emergency fund, meaning mortgage, uh, things that are definitely, you cannot live without. Light, uh, electric, uh, electric uh, gas, food, discretionary things are the ones that are going to be left. Fixed expenses are the ones that you want to be able to fund in that emergency fund. Okay. You have the discretionary stuff, which is your heels, your target run, your cable. I mean, we, we, we really can have cable or not. I, I personally don't love cable. Uh, you can have Disney Plus now or whatever you use as your form of, of entertainment. But um, so fixed expenses are the ones that you can that absolutely need you need in place to survive, to, to run your home. Discretionary expenses are the ones that are fun and you can kind of live with that if you wanted to or you could or you can, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then, but again, that fund is put there so that if you have to pull a little bit, it's okay. I would rather you pull from there than, and then pull from your, or, or, your, or credit card or, or again, a credit card that's building 
inter, um, not building interest, that it's being charged interest. So emergency fund would be that. Okay. Mm. I think that's so important to note, like, yeah, we want to still, you know, live within our yes. means, but yes. also to not deprive ourselves of, you know, some of those things that we really want, like going out to dinner for Mike and I to have a date night, you know, once in the blue moon, <laughs> like that's, that's a luxury. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a luxury. I, I think that, you know, it's, I don't, you know, it's interesting that you said luxury because I hear that a lot, but I feel like it's not even a luxury. It's a necessity. You need, at the end of the day, you guys are running a business, right? Just to give you, you your example, you guys are running a business. You need to disconnect and have a, a night that you're going to eat some good food, relax and enjoy, and then come back and hustle the next day. So if we don't have those things in place, then what's the point? You know, uh, for me, my kids is, you know, you know, they like to do their nails now. Like it makes me so happy to see them with their nails, uh, you know, treat them once in a while for Starbucks, you know, they want it every day, but that's not going to happen. Um, you know, sports for them, uh, you know, so there's things that you have to, you, you have to enjoy life because at the, at the end of the day, you're going to get burnt out. And it's actually, I was reading an article today um, that if you don't implement those things and, and, and you're seeing a lot of people getting burnt out uh, because they don't create the, 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 or they don't know how to create that that little cushion to be able to do those things. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. Buy your heels if you can. Take it out of the emergency fund if you if you have to. Um, I think that's the way to go. No, I think that's such a great point because I think so many people are working from home now too. So like your home is also your office. So mm -hmm. it's truly to be able to not you know feel like you are always like on top of each other or like you know you're in that work mode like you're constantly in work mode to be able to separate that and still be able to like i said have that date and i go out with the family go mm -hmm. do the the soccer with the kids and it's important mm -hmm. it's important to yeah. have that separation yeah absolutely 100 percent. enjoy life of course have a little plan in place right that's my have your goals your your plan and then have fun and give as much as you can even if it's just time <laughs> sometimes that works I know Mike's going to want to dig in with you a little bit more about the retail investment, but I'm just going to let anybody who is watching, if you would like to ask Francine a question, feel free to plug it into the chat or the Q&A, and we'll be able to um, to ask her um, those questions for you. Awesome. Yes, so let's talk about the the, uh, the retail and the rental investments. Uh, like So right now, like the the housing market has kind of exploded like it almost seems like, like now is uh, not the time to start looking for a rental property because uh, like prices have just gone through the roof like is that your feeling as well or like and that um, now is more of the time to start learning and preparing versus being like okay let's go uh, buy a rental property or is it or is it always the time like a uh, total newbie at this part of the game yeah so great question um so i'll i'll share with you guys. I, I purchased a home, another investment property about two weeks ago, and it All was right. scary. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Um, so just to be totally, totally genuine, the house is not amazing looking. Uh, okay. It was a diamond in the rough, if you will. Um, but we got it for a good price. We did have to put a lot into it to fix it. So to answer your question, in this market, I think and again, getting advice from a real a real estate property or mortgage broker would probably be the best. Um, yes, the scariest part is when a tenant moves out. So that's a great that's a great point. Um, and the way and, and I want to say also with with renting is not for everyone. It is not for everyone. You have to have the stomach for it, literally. 
Um, but what you do again is you 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 get a company that's going to do a background check on your tenants that can do um, their due diligence, make sure that you get a good you know proof of income, uh, you know background check, credit check, all those things before you even put that that tenant in place. I think it's extremely important. Um, and then going back to uh, to Mike to your point, I think that. Um, just getting, having a, starting a conversation with a mortgage broker and a real estate, uh, person is, is incredibly, uh, important to try to target your target market, where you want to buy your home, what you're looking for, what price range are you looking for? What, what, um, and then your mortgage broker will tell you what price range you should be looking at. Right. Mm. Um, and then they will also tell you, okay, well now you have to allocate a down payment. What does that, uh, down payment look like that? Down payment also includes closing costs. Um, so we could get pretty, pretty elaborate this whole thing. But I think that if you, right, so to answer your question, I would say right now, if you're starting to think about this, uh, have a conversation with these people. If you have a good relationship with them, I, I have uh, a lot of people that I um, obviously have in my, I'm very blessed to have in my world that I work with very closely. Um, but have a, have a conversation with them and say, listen, hey, ha, what, am I good? Like, is my credit okay? Um, should I be looking at 500,000 or just 300,000? Should I even be looking on Long Island or New York or should I be looking outside of the state, uh, another state? What does that market look like? Um, so there's so many questions that come in. I think you just have to know where you want to go. Um, for me, I want to say that Long Island is a little bit too too expensive for me right now. I would say I, I I go out of state in terms of those things. But again, you it has to be what you and your uh, mortgage broker, real estate agent kind of come up with and say, okay, this is a game plan. We're looking at a five year horizon or a three year horizon. You know, the market does tend to, um, a lot of people are scared right now because they're saying, is it, is it going to, is there going to, is this, is this bubble going to break? Is this going to burst? I think mm -hmm. that's a lot of us. That's our question. Um, I, I want to say that the, the banks right now, because of what happened in <clears throat> 2008, and this is coming from one of uh, my close friends, real estate uh, agent. Uh, she said that the banks are ve ve being very cautious as to who they give mortgage uh, mortgages to. And they also leave a cushion there as to, you know, God forbid the house, housing market goes down in terms of the value of the homes. There is cushion there, not like it was in 2008 where everybody was just buying everything and everyone is getting approved. I, I, so I don't see like a burst, but maybe a little bit of a correction, you know, where, mm. you know, so where homes might settle in terms of pricing, uh, they might be a little bit more inventory for people to buy. That's another reason why prices are so high because the inventory is so, so low. Um, it keeps the, the, um, the prices high. So, but again, those conversations are definitely to be had with professionals that do that every day um, and that can help and guide you. Very interesting. Uh, as, so as somebody that is, yeah, so you have rental properties in New York too, right? No, not in New York. No, we ah. chose the, yeah, we chose not to do New York. Um, and, and I'm not saying that it's not going to be in the future. I just, for, for us and what we were looking to do, it, it's a little bit too expensive. Obviously the taxes are a little too high. So I ended up, we ended up going out of New York. So that is an option that a lot of people don't know about that you can go out of state. There's a lot of things that come with that too. Um, you have to have a real estate agent again, a mortgage broker. Um, I, I would also suggest to know your target market, what, what the houses rent for, um, 
you know, your target tenant. I know I, one of the, the people in the, uh, asked that question, you know, it's scary to, to have a tenant that move out, moves out. So you have to know that area that you're going into. Um, and, but again, go, I, I think maybe in the future, uh, New York might be something that we could invest in that just not, it wasn't for us at the moment. So you have to know your target market, where you want to be. And again, having that conversation with the mortgage broker in real estate, I think would help. All right, great. Mm -hmm. What, Francie, one of the reasons uh, that also that they do not choose New York to start is because I know um, I have had friends who have had rental properties here and um, they've had squatters. So I think that's been a, a big mm -hmm. issue here in New York yeah. where the, the laws uh, protect the tenants mm -hmm. sometimes more so than the owner because of back in the day when, right. um, I guess um, owners were taking advantage of their tenants and, you know, sure. and I think that's probably where it stemmed from, but uh, was that a concern of yours at looking at the New York market and when you look at other states to see what their laws are? So, so I've been in the market outside the state uh, prior to COVID, mm. um, just to, just to tell you that much. Um, however, there is laws that, which I, you know, I, I, I understand the, the basis of them. They do protect the tenants. Um, but it, it, it sometimes is a disadvantage to the to the um, the landlords. That's why it's so important for you. And I think somebody put it in the chat as well. Do your due diligence. Work with a good real estate agent that's going to do that background check on that person. That's going to do uh, a credit check. Um, so you, there's definitely articles online that you can look at. Also, they can help you, the real estate agents, as to what their credit as a tenant has to look like in order to be a good tenant for you. So I think it's like that. I think it's like 30% of their income has to go to rent. So if you're not falling under that that 30% th threshold, you might not be my tenant. Um, I'm going to do a background check on you. I'm going to see what's going on. Uh, and most people that are are a good are. I'm not, I don't want to say that there's you know listen there's bad and good and everything, but um, ultimately if if the person really is a good fit for you, it's going to show. You're going to know. Um, they're going to want to let you see their things. They're not scared of the, and then I've had people that didn't want to, and that's okay. I'm not your landlord. You know what I mean? So, uh, but again, have those, have the, the, those people in place that can help to, um, do that research for you. Look those people up, um, and, and kind of help you with that. Oh, yeah, I like somebody just mentioned the same thing that they have a management company yes. and makes it a lot easier. They take 8% of the rent and much of the mm -hmm. headache. Yeah, hundred so. percent. That's another option that you can do. So again, if you're out of state, you can have a management company that will take, I think it's eight to 10% of the, of the rental income and can run those properties for you, which is, I think it's amazing too. So, so you're you not the one fixing the, the toilets and all that type of work that some people are, are get nervous about, yes. wait, how am I going to do the upkeep and. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you, you do have to have the, you know, the plumbers, the, the electricians, the, believe it or not, the exterminators in place. Uh, but they will manage those properties for you to make sure that they're running properly, that everyone is paying their rent. And then if anything goes, uh, or there's any questions in terms of that, or, you know, you need to handle those tenants, the management company will do that for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Francie, if somebody Great. is considering this, like what would you say was one of the biggest pitfalls that you've experienced? And what is one of the biggest benefits that you've experienced thus far in this journey? In, in real estate or throughout? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everything my okay so the question is what is the most difficult thing i've found through this journey yeah through uh, the re retail property journey retail property journey um i want to say it's it's um 
you know, my husband and I always talk about this, you know, people just see the properties and they're like, oh, look at them. They're doing so amazing. And look at all the things that they're doing. But the sacrifice that goes into it sometimes is it's tough, you know, going every weekend and doing the research and having a sewage pipe that bursts and you have to go in. So, uh, you know, I think the sacrifice and the time that sometimes the time that you have to sacrifice for these things, I think it's the, the, the most difficult part. I mean, I can deal with the sewage. I can deal with the, uh, the, the tenants, but sometimes the time that you have to sacrifice is a little tough, I have to say. And what is the, one of the biggest benefits that you've had so far? The biggest benefits from uh, having uh, investment properties would have to be the fact that you have passive income that comes in that you don't have to think about. Um, you know, so I think that when you have those nights that you're, again, I'm working on a, if you see my iPad, I'm, I'm working on a, on a application as we speak. Um, last night I was working on something else. So, you know, when you have those nights that you're like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted uh, that I have to do these things. But knowing the fact that that income comes in without you really having to work harder, just smarter, then um, that's when it all makes sense. I love it just came full circle. That's beautiful. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. <laughs> It looks like uh, we don't have any other questions on our end. Mike, anything else um, on your end that you want to ask Francine? Yeah, Francine, if people want to get a hold of you, well, what is the best way to, to find you, reach out to you, and uh, work with you? Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike, obviously, for this opportunity. Melissa, thank you so much. Um, I know. Uh, sometimes these conversations can go uh, or can be very difficult. So I appreciate the support. Um, so the way, the way you can find me, you can go on my website. Um, there you'll have my email. You ha you'll have my, um, my phone number. Uh, you can actually reach out to Mike and Melissa. They can always uh, give you my information. I just put in my email on the chat. So if anyone wants any information, uh, they feel free to ask. Um, again, I can help you in my practice. I can always put you in contact with other professionals that can help you in whatever your goals are. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Well, what's the name of the website? Uh, so it's Francine Fallis Mayrellis, but this is my email. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see if I could add it in here. To be honest with you, I'm not, a, I'm not great with this guys. And to put, that's put okay. And for the show, we'll, we'll include it in the description, Francine, just so everybody yeah. will be able to, uh, to have it available. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so you can reach me through there. Um, you can also reach me through my social media sites, which is Francine Fallis Mayrellis on Facebook, uh, Francine Fallis Mayrellis on Instagram. Pretty simple. And LinkedIn, all the same name. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to include that in the YouTube description, in the description on uh, Spotify and Apple and all the places that this gets broadcasted too. I don't even know half of them, but, uh, but it'll be on all of them for sure. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much guys for letting me share what I know, my, my experiences, and I hope that it helps someone. Um, and, and as well as just bringing that financial literacy back and making it fun. Awesome. This is great, Francine. Thank you so much. We truly appreciate you taking the time to be here today on your birthday and uh, yes. now, now go celebrate. Yes. I'm going to go so helpful. Thank you. Get a massage. Hopefully. Woo. <laughs> Sounds great. I could use yeah. one of those. I know, right? <laughs> we'll check that emergency fund, Mike. We're at the check. Yeah, money. That's that's right. <laughs> the emergency Self -care. massage fund. That's right. Self-care fund. <laughs> Self-care. Absolutely. Number one. <laughs> Number one. First and foremost. Well, thank you so much, guys.
Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us today and for the recording of this. It'll be available next week. And uh, thank you again. We'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Happy birthday. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. I appreciate it. Have see a good soon. one. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Francine, happy birthday. Thanks happy for being birthday. with us. Happy birthday. Oh, it was so wonderful that she was able to join us um, on her special day to be able to share her knowledge with so many people. And I got so much out of it. I don't yeah. know about you, but oh my God, I couldn't stop writing. Let's hear. One of the biggest things I got out of it was that... Um, yeah, you need to strive to save 20% of your income. You know, this number keeps fluctuating, but I really like the way that she broke it out very clearly into those four brackets, which was the emergency funds, which means that you should have at least three to six months of your fixed, um, fixed spending accounts, whether it's a mortgage, you know, heat and electricity, things you can't live without, that should all be in this emergency fund. But also to also think about discretionary funds, like the heels we were joking about or going on a date night, to still be able to enjoy life and still be able to have some sort of discretionary funds within that bucket. Mm. Then I also love that she says that now also to think about investments, whether it's like stocks or getting a brokerage account. And then uh, the third bucket was equity, uh, save um, money for uh, getting a home or having a life policy. And the last one is thinking still about retirement. Like even though it still feels so far away, you need to start planning for it now. And uh, that's where your 401ks and your Roth IRAs, as well as that uh, college savings fund. Mm. So I thought that that was very interesting. What did you get out of it? Yeah, there are a few things. Uh, the one of the bigger ones uh, for me was the the different options that that she laid out for for getting out of debt. Well, like I think that they you don't really hear about uh, those kind of things too much. A lot like oh, like we we don't really talk about it that much uh, on the show. So I think that it's good to hear that and to give that to the audience as well. That there are multiple options for uh, getting out of debt, uh, short term and long term. Uh, planning and also uh, as far as uh, getting into rental and real estate properties to really know what you're getting yourself into before diving in head first I think that's great advice for anything whether it's for real estate whether it's trading whether it's well whatever it is uh, like do your due diligence find out what you're getting yourself into talk to a few different people and then uh, see if it's right for you Absolutely. And don't forget to ask questions and to think about things, especially after what happened with 2020, like Francine mentioned, is that things could change in the blink of an eye. A lot of people lost their jobs, had you know COVID or had health issues. And Francine was one of them who had developed an autoimmune issue. And thankfully, she did have that disability insurance, things that you don't even think about. You're like, oh, I'm healthy and strong now. Why do I even need this? But it really helps you think about those um those what ifs and what um and so to be able to plan and work with someone like francine or a financial planner to help expose you to some of these other options that are out there but for the full list please check out www.marawealth.com and be sure to subscribe to our channel marawealth for more of the traders mind chat shows uh coming up we have some more great interviews lined up in the next couple of months so uh we're looking forward to seeing you next, next time next couple of months next couple of weeks next couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the months we'll get to the months all right everybody thanks so much for watching now uh take these lessons take them and run with them <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye, everybody.